Welcome to Second Win, the podcast where we uncover the stories, methods, and modalities of women and men who have found their purpose while walking this earth. Sometimes they found their second win by accident, sometimes by hardship, and sometimes by intent. There is always something to learn from others and really isn't finding our own purpose what we are all looking for. I know I am. And that's why I'm hosting this very podcast. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire. Thank you for listening and let's get to it. Today, I'm bringing back a very special woman that we have had on a couple of times. Her name is Laura Iman, and she is our mental resident mental toughness coach through the Navy SEAL way. And she got an Olympic weightlifting medal thing at 64 and had never been in a gym before that kind of thing and did it. And have you haven't had sugar in 22 years and took a life that was not, in her opinion, worth much and turned it all around. And one of the best episodes was your episode called Death by Donuts and Dove Bars. And that was a really good episode and still gets a bunch of listens today. So I'm really glad to have you. And we had a text conversation together. We're friends. Text conversation together. And as we got into texting, I said, oh, we should do a podcast about this. And you said, yes. So I will let Laura take it from here. Welcome again, my friend, Laura Iman to Second Wind, the podcast. Hi, Wendy. Hi all to, to all your listeners. I'm so happy to be back. Wendy, before we get down to business, I have a big question for you. You're a new grandmother to Clara. Congratulations. Thank She's you. what, about two and a half months old now? Yeah, she'll be nine weeks uh, next Monday. Ah. You're a grandmother. What does she call you? What's your grandmother name? So my grandmother name will be Lala. And I knew that we were destined to meet here today because my grandmother name is Lala. My grandmother was named Lala, real name Jeanette. My grandmother was Lala. I loved her more than life itself. She was my favorite person on the planet. So here we are. And I'm grateful to be back. I was, uh, I teach women how to think like a Navy SEAL and how to develop the habits of an Olympic athlete so we can win more in our lives. And right now, women are feeling like they're losing their grip because they're so exhausted and burnt out and freaked out. And they're trying to do everything and they can't. And I'm saying, ladies, you can't be super women, but you can be amazing if you get your life under control and get some balance and rest and put yourself first. And I do this, Wendy, because I was a loser until for the first four decades of my life. And I was binging on sugar and I was newly divorced. I hated myself. And you know, that was the death by donuts and dove bars. I shouldn't be alive today. But I watched a documentary on the Navy SEALs at age 48. I didn't even know who they were. And they turned my life around because I said, I want what they have. They had integrity. They have accountability, teamwork. They get sleep at night. They have a strategy. They have a game plan. They're disciplined. They take care of each other on the battlefield. And I realized I was such a mental weenie wallowing in self-pity and being a I had no plans for myself. Anyway, fast forward, here I am. I should be Lala babysitting my grandkids and retiring on a beach, sipping something out of a coconut. But I'll never retire, Wendy, because I want to help women really put themselves first and not be losers if they're feeling like losers and establish a plan for themselves and help them to live balanced, joyful lives instead of just strung out trying to do it all. And that brings us up to today where you sent me a text and said, what's your, what, what's your game plan? What's your end game, Laura, for what you do? Wendy, what do you, what do you mean end game? What did you mean by that? Do you remember when you asked me that? What did that mean for you? Yeah. So Corey, my brother turned sister birth that I discovered two years ago or so, maybe two and a half years ago is a business coach by trade and really good at that. And you know, I was kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, the podcast costs a lot of money. They need me more at the restaurant. I'm Lala now. I'm just feeling kind of like, where am I going? But I love doing the podcast. And, you know, maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to do that. And Corey's like, wait, 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 wait. What's the end game? And then I went, oh, I don't have an answer to that. Corey's like, sure you do. I go, really? Honest to God? I know you're supposed to go with your gut and say what's on your mind. It is blank. 
there is nothing for me to pull out of my ass on this one. I really, I really don't know what the end game is. I know what I love doing and I know why I love it and sharing and, and meeting you and all these people that come and share their stories. It just is, is amazing. Right. But as far as an end game, so that's why I sent you a text. Cause I was like, okay, maybe if I understand the question, maybe Laura can help me frame it in a different way. I'll come up with an answer for Corey. And then you send me back. Yeah, you send me back going, oh, what do you mean? There is no end. I'm like, well, wait a second. So we can, and for everybody listening to this podcast today, this is so relevant for you, no matter where you are in your life or what you're up to, your end game, which is what your sister Corey is asking you, is all about what are your dreams and your visions and your goals for this super amazing Second Wind podcast. So in other words, a lot of us have heard about vision boards. And I know there's a lot of a lot of negativity around vision boards, and we'll discuss that in a minute, but stick with us here. So Wendy, do you or have you ever thought about creating a vision board for your podcast? Okay, so yes, because you told me to, and I never did. <laughs> How about we do it now for two to three minutes or five minutes? And for your listeners, what are you passionate about? What's your vision, your dream, your goal for your current career that you're in, for your path as a mother and a wife? Maybe you're retired. What's your dream and your vision for the next 20, 30 years of your life if you're retired at age 65? Because you're going to probably live till 100, right? So, Wendy, what do you think? What, what's the first one or two things that comes to mind? And we just have fun with this. We're throwing spaghetti against a wall. Yeah. So honestly, it's so it's super blank, the future. And I'm like, oh, does that mean I'm going to die soon? Like, why don't I have a grasp on what the future may hold or what I want? I know I want financial stability and I want to be able to give, I want to be a philanthropist, right? I want to give money to causes, help animals, help children, help people, all the stuff. And I want to be able, if my children need to buy a house or somebody needs a surgery or something needs to happen or a car breaks down, I want to be able to say, oh, here you go. Right. And, and be able to have that not be a negative effect on personally. me. So I think that's a great start for a vision. You, if I understand you, you want to use Second Wind Podcast as a way to make money joyfully to be able to buy your kids a house, start a nonprofit, take care of animals, get the car fixed, right? So you want the podcast to help you be financially independent and contributing to the family's finances. Is that right? Yeah, it's right to contribute rather than be a burden. Yeah, and whether the podcast is the answer to that or not, I don't know, I don't know. Okay, so we, we wanna put that on the vision board and, and we're just, we're thinking really big and we don't like, we never, ever think about how the heck am I going to do this? Nope. Not your job right now. Right now we're having fun, getting crazy, being selfish in a good way and saying, what do I want for me out of my life? And for Wendy, what do you want out of this podcast? So you want, let's say you want financial independence, put it up on the vision board next. What else do you like about it? Oh, I'd like to be able to travel and go meet more of my guests in person because that's always so much fun when I get to do a live, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. What would that be like? Where would you like to travel to? Wherever they are. So there's a bunch, there's a few people in like Denver. Do you know what I mean? Like I could go to Denver and meet. I'd love to put on a, and I've talked about this before with all the guests and there's a lot now doing a big gathering somewhere, you know, where everybody can is invited and can come and, and eat and drink and be merry and then do like workshops with all the, all the stuff of all the people who have all these amazing talents. Like that would be really cool, but you got to have money for that, right? You got to rent the venue. We're being really super crazy right now and not worrying about the money. Oh, that's right. Super crazy. Don't worry about that. Yeah. So Bam, want to get you talk an elevated state of mind. We're having fun saying, I would love to be in Denver and have a panel of, of 15 of my most pre recent guests all together. How would that make you feel? That'd be great. 
but I want like all 150 or 200 of everyone. Okay. Yeah. Or however many episodes I have going. Yeah. We'll meet in one place and have one big, one big episode. Like a retreat, like a little bit like a retreat, not even an episode, but a retreat of all the people that have been on the podcast and have different and invite the public and people could come and, you know, have little workshops with like you train with Laura and yes, you can. And, you know, have Laura McCann from Adora Therapy do a chakra reading and an aura reading for people. I got my angel readers. I got all kinds of people who have all these amazing talents and just kind of open it up and you could go and pick and choose where you want to spend your time and then have good food and, and delicious beverages and a place for everybody to stay at night and make it like a two or three day event. Cause there's a lot of things that you could do. That's my guess. I have yoga teachers. Like we could do yoga. We could do Pilates. Like there's just cool stuff we could do. All right, listeners, for everybody listening to this, I want you to email Wendy the business if you are interested and say, I want to participate in Wendy's first annual Second Wind podcast, Hoedown. And Wendy, I'd like you to put a date and a time and a place for when you'd like to do this. It could be one year, two years out, because what gets clarity gets results. What gets recorded gets results. You can always cancel, but you should see how you're, lit up talking about this oh yeah a whole event now you're tanking on me i don't think okay so maybe a year and it doesn't have to be four thousand people we're not we don't have to do woodstock on year one go big or go home laura go big or go home i love this so another dream for you would be to have a second wind live event a weekend event I encourage you to not squash that dream. Einstein said, and we've all heard this, that you know our imagination is so much more valuable than intelligence, so much more valuable. Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King, I have a dream, right? Long ago when I was first learning about a guy named Elon Musk, who was launching rocket ships everywhere, I was fascinated, who is this guy? And I read his mission statement. You know what his end game is? His end game is not landing on Mars. He was even thinking bigger than that. He was saying, I want to make life multi-planetary. Okay. Now that's what we're talking about. Successful people. It doesn't matter who you are or how much or how little money you have. You cannot be a success and have fun in your life and have a satisfying life if you don't have a dream to start with. If you don't have a dream, you ain't going anywhere. Walt Disney built an entire empire that's going strong 40 years after his death based on imagination and dreams. This is not woo-woo stuff. This is really serious stuff. So Laura, are you saying, you know, for somebody like me, that's kind of like was staring at a blank slate. Well, I don't know what I want the end game to be. I know I love every day and I live every day out to the best of my ability and take the time and give the kisses to the animals and, you know, work out or take care of the baby or whatever it is. And I immerse myself in everything I do and try to do my best. Right. And then when I say, oh, what do you see five, 10, 15 years from now, it goes blank. Are you saying that a vision board is putting the canvas, putting something on that canvas, that blank canvas? The vision board is the start in my coaching process, I have a four-step mental toughness program. The vision board is my step number one. It's the beginning of you and your listeners living your life, acting instead of reacting. When we react, we're just moving along, putting one foot in front of the other. You live a very highly constructive, highly fulfilling life, but you're reacting, not acting. So imagine if you acted you would be more efficient, you'd know where you were going, and you wouldn't be attracted to so many shiny objects. You'd be staying on a path to get to where you want to go. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Because every day I'm like, okay, where's the structure? I'm just kind of available to whoever calls me on a whim. Oh, mom, can you do this? Oh, can you drop this off? Oh, can you come to the restaurant? Oh, can you, and whatever it is, right? Oh, can you come hold my horse? you know, whatever. 
which I'm happy to do. I'm happy to do it all. And I'm happy to be available. It's a tough thing. And I would imagine it's tough for a lot of women and men, but women, especially in the second half of life, saying they want to be available for everyone and everything. And how do you, how do you keep a structure and be fluid at the same time? Well, there's a lot more to success than just the vision board. But for today, we're talking about having Wendy and anybody who's listening start to get a vision board. We all have visions and dreams when we go on vacation. We actually can sometimes plan out a vacation really carefully. Museum, if it's sunny, we're going to play tennis and then we're going to go have a picnic. And if it rains for three days, we'll do two museums and then we'll go over to this city. We'll try, you know, you have really structure, but do we have a vision for our month at work? Aside from meeting year-end quotas, do we have a personal vision for what we want for ourselves out of our career, what you want for your farm of animals, what you want for, for the Second Wind podcast? And, and vision boards don't happen overnight, but they're the start. Now, when you say, gee, I want to do it all and I want to be helpful and say yes to everybody, that's not really super healthy in all due respect. And you know that we have to set boundaries because we will derail and get attracted by all sorts of things if we don't set boundaries and have a clear strategy once we have our vision board in place. Gotcha. Okay. That's called taking action steps. You know, in the Bible, there is that phrase, faith without works is dead. So if our vision board is our faith, it's our big faithful vision of what we want, but we don't sit home and play the hide and hope game and just woo woo and hope that these things are going to happen. We then have to take an action step every day and say, I'm going to act, not react. And I'm going to develop a strategy for how I can get to that cool event that I want to have for 150 of my podcasters next year have a strategy. And, and that's where, you know, honestly, that's where coaching comes in because we all need help with strategies. You know, I have two coaches helping me run my life so I don't get distracted. You've had me coaching you and you have a heart of gold, Wendy. You'll, get, you'll help anybody at any time, but that could distract from you taking second wind to where you want to go. So it's not terrible to say, no, we just have to learn boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. So you were saying something really interesting to me too, which was, yeah, the end game, back to the end game, the end game and why you say there is no such thing as an end game. Can you share? Right. So let's say, for example, your end game is you say, I want to make at least $5 million on Second Wind Podcast. And I'm not sure how long it's going to take, but that's part of my financial end game. And when I earn that $5 million, I'm going to slice it up and I'm going to spend this here and this here and this here, whatever, okay? Your end game for Corey would be, okay, one of my end games is I want to earn $5 million. Now, it might take you 10 years. That's okay. You've got, all of a sudden, you got a, a vision on your vision board. The end game of earning $5 million, does that mean you're going to all of a sudden stop what you're doing and lie in bed and watch Netflix all day long and eat chocolates? You mean after I get the 5 million? What are you going to do after you get the 5 million? I don't know. I don't know. What? You're going to continue to give and love like you always oh. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I'm getting at is that is one end game. That's a goal. That's a dream that you have achieved. But that, if we call that a summit, you've climbed that summit. It's taken you 10 years. You look around, you say, man, I am so proud of what I did. And then that summit, as the Navy SEALs say, becomes the base camp for the next dream that you, Wendy, are going to embark on. Let's say you take part of that $5 million and you want to start a nonprofit for rescue animals. So you have just now started a new summit that you're climbing and you have a new end game because you're going to set a new dream for your nonprofit. I could go on and on. Do you see what I'm saying? So as the Navy, and I'm wearing a Navy SEAL t-shirt today, honoring the Navy SEAL because I love thinking like them. So the Navy SEALs say there are, all summits are false, which may confuse some business people, but that's okay. You hit a goal, but that goal then becomes the base for your next adventure. Which makes sense because every climb you take, you learn so much along the way that layers, right? And puts you, maybe it's a better base camp each time that you start from Correct. with more supplies. Right. 
all that knowledge and you're going to apply it to your nonprofit because we make mistakes all the time. We fail forward. Right. You're right. So that that new camp will be you'll be much smarter, which is great. That's part of the journey is hopefully we learn from our mistakes. Right. Okay. This is really good information. I have a lot to do. I have a lot to think about. So what are you up to right now, Laura, with your business and share? Because you got some exciting stuff going on. And I wanted to share that with the Second Wind listeners because you've been very helpful to me and you're always encouraging and say, you know, every time I, I'm feeling, eh, Laura sends me a text. <laughs> it's like, oh, thank you. I needed that. I'm really concerned about how burnout women are these days, and especially with world, the world is on fire, right? And, and the world is a very angry place, maybe more now than, than it has been in the last couple of decades. And I love my ladies so much, and I'm here for any lady. I'm, I do group coaching, eight-week group coaching programs of eight women only. So it's a really small group for people. I'd be happy to do a group coaching for your Second Wind podcasters. And we talk about you know, everything from holiday triggers. I'm starting my next group coaching on December 8th, I think it is, for eight weeks. And we're talking about holiday triggers and how you can think like a Navy SEAL so that you don't get triggered over the holidays and you can actually have fun and enjoy your family and say no to some, you know, tight deadlines at work and say, I'll get it done after the holidays. You know, women are so strung out. They can do everything. They cannot do everything, but we can have a strategy and I can teach women how to act, not react. We'll do a mini vision board. What do you want for your, for the next year of your life and your career? What do you want for, with your family? Do you want to work out more? Oh, I couldn't possibly put myself first. Some women think that's blasphemy. It's the kindest thing you can do for yourself and your family and your community is to take care of yourself. So I do growth coaching and the one-on-one -on -one coaching, and I teach women how to have the habits of Olympic athletes so that we're not burnt out. We can have prosperity and balance and joy in our lives. How do you help women with the mindset? Like, especially if they think it's blasphemy to, to put themselves first. How do you overcome that? Because that, that's a tough one. Great question. Because a lot of women think it's really, really evil to put. And it's something that's been ingrained in many of us by our culture, our society, by our families. And when a woman comes to me and she says, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I want better for myself. I am coachable. Then we really chip away at those preconceived false stories about how I have to be the martyr and the freaking sacrificial lamb for everybody in my family. You're not helping your family. And these women usually aren't sleeping well. They're over drinking, under eating, over Netflixing. And they really crave the support that I give as well as Navy SEAL strategies for how to kill those negative false stories. And it's week in, week in, week in, week out with, we do vision boards. We do, I look at self-talk. We look at metacognition, which is what are you saying to yourself all day long? I'm a bad person because I went to the gym this morning and I really should have gone to that PTA meeting. No, you shouldn't. Right. It's how oh, it's really hard. It's a really interesting line that a type wire that we we walk and I see it with my daughter already and like with the baby, right? And what her role is versus her husband's because she's the milk machine right now. And you know, you can start feeling like, well, this is really unfair. I have to worry. I have to worry about this. I have to be present. I, I cannot just go and not worry about it, but he can. And that's a tough one. And, and that's kind of starts the snowball effect is, oh, I got to take the kids. Oh, I got to be responsible. What if they need me? What if my husband needs me? I have to be available, you know, 24 seven. And what if I'm out on a bike ride or out on a walk and somebody needs me? You know, you have this little chirp, 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 chirp going on. Yeah. And a really good example of Erin. She's the milk machine right now. And she has to be. But it's I teach women how to set boundaries. Setting boundaries brings us such peace. And it doesn't happen overnight. But when you can set boundaries, we do it kindly, we do it assertively, we do it with clarity. And we say to our husbands, our coworkers, our bosses, I am going home at five o'clock and I am not opening my laptop on the weekend. 
and you set bound teaching women how to set boundaries is one of the greatest ways to set yourself free and to say, yeah, I'm delegating responsibilities with my baby to my husband. People are not going to read your mind and they are not going to say, oh, honey, let me drop everything and organize all of Thanksgiving and all of Christmas. They're not. So we have to be assertive, but it, you know, we have to want and have to be assertive. And I teach women how to be assertive. I was such a doormat for decades. Really? Oh, yeah. And it, and it was just a victim martyr thing. And it was no fun. Setting boundaries and sharing responsibilities can be, you know what happens? You have more fun because you have more time together because the mom isn't wiped out and burned out and cranky with everybody. And you know, here's the coolest thing. People respect you more when you set boundaries properly. It takes practice. And that's why I'm here to help them set them. And we practice boundary setting all the time. But you get really, you get a lot of respect with your boundaries. You know, it's true. It's, you're very, you're very true. And it's like, you're proactive. You're, you're taking action. You're proactive in your life. And a lot of us aren't. It's so exciting to share with a woman who's really ready to hear it. I don't want to be a victim anymore. And I can show her how to stop being a victim and be happy, joyous, and free. I said, you want to have fun in your life? What's that? And they say, well, yeah, actually, I would like to have fun. Some of them can't even conceive of having fun. I say, well, let's, let's carve out a way for you to have more fun in your life with your husband. But you got to start saying no and stop being a martyr and stop being a victim. Wendy, it's a long, slow build. That's why in my coaching program, the, the programs are six, nine, and 12 months. But man, I'm their biggest cheerleader, teaching them how to have a better life for themselves. We're all going to be on the planet for 30, 40, 50 more years. We might as well start having some fun. No, I agree. Do you have like an example or a story of a woman that, you know, was challenging or challenged when she came to you and when you got done with her, so to speak, you were like, yes, this is why I'm doing this. Do you have an example of that? They do. And thank you for, I have tons of examples. So I'll give you one. She's a businesswoman. I'm going to change her name and the name of her company. I'm going to call her Susan, and I'm going to say that she works for, let's say, Amazon, okay? But in real life, she works, she works very high up. She's a C-suite executive for a big, huge IT company, and she is exhausted all the time, but she loves her job. She's really smart. She has a two-year-old at home. Her husband has a really successful job and he works like until two in the morning for another big company. So they're on the cutting edge in terms of the corporate lifestyle with their two big, really cool jobs that they both love, but she's, she's just exhausted and she doesn't understand how to set boundaries and delegate. And she's high up. So I taught her, Susan, how to start setting boundaries. She said, I have my immediate team is I have 30 people reporting to me. And I really love this team. She's a beautiful woman. She's a great leader, but she says, I'm terrible at delegating. I said, well, then you're not such a great. So I taught her Navy SEAL principles on how to gently start to delegate little things, little tasks, because she had to learn to delegate. And then she had to start warming her team up to, oh, Susan's now going to be delegating this to me. Susan was changing her dance steps. And when you do that, sometimes people step on your toes. And I said, real gentle, slow changes. Uh, delegate a task that's going to take somebody two hours to do, not a project that's three weeks. And so slowly but surely, we chipped away at it. And she got more confident. And we rehearsed beforehand how to do this, how to state the delegation, the tone of voice, how to phrase it. I mean, she started with baby steps on how to delegate. I said, Susan, do you know how a Navy SEAL learns to jump out of a helicopter and parachute into enemy territory? They don't start in a helicopter. They start by climbing up on top of a picnic table and jumping three feet. So we did baby delegating and baby setting boundaries in that way. It wasn't at all scary for her. Okay. It's a slow build. And then the end result with her was what? So after about three months and every month we would ramp up the amount that she would give to delegate because she was getting more and more confident. After about the third or four months, she said, I am so much more freed up in my job because I'm not doing everything. 
that number one, she had more time to go to the gym, more time for her family, more time to get sleep. And she started to lose weight. And then what happened is they recognized her work because her team at work was being more productive because she was delegating. She got a promotion. Oh my gosh. What a promote. It was a beautiful story. I'm very, very proud of her. I can't say her name, but I'm proud of her. That's that same thing. I just met with a gal who's going to be on the podcast, Stephanie, and she she talks about cyclical energies and sleep patterns and winter, spring, autumn, and summer, and how we need to have all of these seasons in our lives, in our days, in our weeks. And that if you take the winter is like the rest and the reflection and the slowing down and the, you know, maybe being a little creative or whatever it is that will help you with that. And if you don't have that and you're always summer, go, 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 you know, that's when you see the problems. And she said what she's found with her, with her clients is that if you take more time to rest and less in your summer and spring, more time in your fall and winter, you actually are way more productive. So instead of having to spread yourself thin over, say, five days of serious working, you maybe dialed it down to three days, but the work you're doing is so much better and you're clearer. And I was like, wow, oh, wow, that's really cool. It's that whole put your oxygen mask on before helping someone else. I, and I was just like, wow, that's really interesting. And, you know, taking a day a week, that's why you see a lot of companies now are four days a week, or we don't go to the office on Fridays or whatever it is, finding more balance. That is really great that you mentioned that season of winter. We still, yes, more companies are moving in that direction. But you know, Wendy, I honestly see we still live in a culture where busyness is valued and I'm so busy and I'm overworked is considered cool. Yeah. The more marks you have in your calendar, the more that was me. And I have a hard time with that still. If I, if there's not enough lines and colors in my, in my notebook, I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm not contributing or I'm not as valid. That's where coaching, I think, really helps. This particular woman, Susan, I got her to leave her cell phone out of her bedroom. She now plugs it in downstairs in the living room because she would check her cell phone at midnight and then at 3 a.m. for work emails. And she was she was in the habit of it. She said, I can't I, I'm addicted. I can't get off of this. And so we, that took a couple of weeks to build that habit. That's where mental toughness comes in. We set a lot of end games for her. No more cell phone in the bedroom. No more work over weekends. You've got family to take care of. But it's not easy. You know, it's, it's noble work and the payoff is huge, but it's, you, you can't really do it alone. It's too hard. And it's hard to see progress, right? Like you can't see it when you're in it. You can't see it when you're in it, whether it's good or bad. The reason for a coach is to say, do you know how amazing you were today and how this week you had so many wins? Because we're in the trenches. We can't see it. You know, I keep texting you and saying, Wendy, that was an amazing podcast I heard. You're so working so hard. You know, now you're Lala and with your podcast and running your farm in the restaurant that, I, I mean, I literally said to you the other day, you know, how many people are listening to your podcast? This is so unbelievable what you have created. And you're better than X, Y, and Z. I keep telling you, you're better than all these top podcasts. How many people are listening a day to your podcast now? Well, I don't know if I'm smoking fairy dust, but when I did the numbers a day, it looks like almost 300 a day. And I remember when it was like 30. And I don't know if it's, I hope I'm looking at the numbers right. I'm waiting for my podcast production person to get back to me. I sent it to her and I said, hey, this is what I see in the numbers. Am I smoking something? Let me know. I think you're right. But, you know, how often do you pause and look back and say, hey, go me, 300 podcasters? Do you ever do that? I mean, I'm waiting for validation still. You know, it's like eight to 10,000 a month, which I couldn't even have imagined. I remember, and my, my son-in-law, CJ, is really good about this. He was probably, when my, my podcast came out first, he sent me a text at like 7.30 in the morning and said, I listened. I loved it. Great job. And I was like, oh, 
he listened already. Like, and you start not knowing anything, right? And and then he's like, remember when you came to yoga and you're like, I'm at like 898. I almost have a thousand, you know, unique people or listens or whatever it was. And he goes, yeah, remember when it was like a thousand was the goal. Then it was 5,000. Then it was 10,000. And now what thousand are you looking at? I'm like, I don't know, 80, 80 or 90, you know, and yeah, it's hard to remember. You, know, you have to really think about it. It's like, oh, I have, I have made progress here and I'm not the Brene Browns or the Joe Rogans or the Ryan Holidays of the world with the money and the resources and the stuff and the connections to do it. Those people didn't necessarily have the money and the resources and the connections when they started. You don't know that, right? But it's you versus you. And part of uh, my mental toughness coaching program is for us to teach how to validate ourselves constantly looking in the mirror, saying not in, not in a narcissistic way, but in a sincere, go me. I did a great job today. It's part of my PM ritual. Here's something I invite you to do every night before you go to bed for you and your listeners. Ask yourself, it's a three minute PM ritual every single night. Ask yourself, what went well today? What went well today? Oh my gosh, you could list, you know, a lot of stuff that went well today. Maybe some days not, but what went well today? Then question number two, what didn't go so well today? And then number three, what could I do a little bit better tomorrow? It's a beautiful way to end the day because we always want to take an inventory of how well we did. Because I think women in particular, were so busy taking care of everybody else, we never stop to say, what did I do today that really I consider a win for myself? I said, Day. I did an extra 10 minutes on the treadmill today. I apologized to somebody today and it was the hardest apology I've ever made. Go me, go me. You know, for you, what did you do today that was really made your day significant? It's a beautiful way to end the day. Such a good idea. Yeah, we need to do that. It all goes back. Did I do an action step today that's taking me back to my vision board? Everything leads back to our goals and our dreams and our visions. It's our roadmap. That's amazing. So Laura, it does keep us motivated. Okay, I'm gonna do, yeah, Corey wants me to do a vision board too. Okay, I'll start the process. So, and you made it seem simple. Just, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter to anyone else. Just throw it up there and throw it up there and see what sticks. Don't share your big vision with small-minded people because you are gonna get it. It's gonna get shot down and we do not need to hear that. This vision board is for you and for you alone and to share with only somebody or people that you really, really trust. Other people that are doing vision boards, because a lot of people, they might mean well, or they might not mean well, but they're not going to support you. And when we're doing our vision board, we can be a little vulnerable. I mean, Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey, when he was 10 years old, he said to his mother, he said, Mama, I want to be a comedian when I grow up. And his mother looked at him and said, you're not even funny. Oh, yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, the stories we're told and the stories we believe are usually not true. The stories we tell ourselves. Very protective with your vision board. And I do mine with just Google images imported onto a Word document. So lots of pictures. And a vision board can be anything from what kind of shoes do you like to wear? What kind of people do you want to work with at work? What's the view outside your office window? What's, what do you want that to be? What kind of car do you want to drive? And then we can have a vision board that also includes character, characteristics about ourselves. I had a woman who said, I want to be an expert forgiver. I want to never gossip anymore. Put it on your vision board. It's character traits. It's what kind of shoes. It's not just material things. It's inside and outside. I love that. I think that's great. And yeah, and keep it, allow yourself to do it. You can wake up tomorrow and say, I really don't want to do a second wind Woodstock festival. It was kind of fun talking about it with Laura, but it really, it's just too much work. It's not really the direction I want to go in. You can take stuff off of your vision board at any time, but don't censor anything because you think, well, I don't have the money or it's too big or I'm too old or I'm too young. I'm too dumb. I'm too smart. No, 
This is you getting selfish and having fun and saying, what do I want for second wind? Okay. Or for anyone, what do I want for the next, what do you suggest the next five years, year? What, what would be for someone just starting off in this process, who's listening today, what would you suggest they're looking as far as the future? How far out? A really great question. So you could have things on your vision board. And, and by the way, goals are little action steps that you take to get towards a particular big vision. So your goal, well, in 10 years, I want to make $5 million on the podcast. So my goal is I want to make X amount this year. And your goal this year may be to break even or to say, I want to make $5,000 or 50,000, whatever it is. And you might want to seek counsel for that from a business person, but a goal would be, okay, what do I need to do this year to make X amount of money? But for a vision board in terms of character qualities and, and external goals, like what kind of house do I want? What kind of money do I want to make? I would say start with some, some six month vision dreams. You can have something, what do you want for next month, for the next year? I have things on my vision board that have been up for five years and they haven't come to fruition yet. And I never am giving up on them. They just haven't happened yet. I get really disappointed sometimes. I get really frustrated, but I never stop believing it. It's just that the time hasn't come. So I said, what do I need to do today? What one action step can I do today to get closer to my vision, right? So, you know, put something on your vision board for six months or three months or then one year, two years, five years. Okay, okay. Stuff up there. Have fun. You know, what's really fun, Wendy, is to have a vision board party. Oh, that's what I heard. Yeah. People, man, you leave, you leave that party so high. Naturally high. Naturally. Really naturally high. And when you see what other people are putting on your vision board, you say, man, I want that for myself. And you start stealing from other people. And it's really fun because you think, wow, Melissa, she is really going high. I want that too, Melissa. And you grab from Melissa something that you wouldn't even dare think you could have. Yeah, like it would be cool. Just thinking about it, Heather Ruth, who is a fabulous woman who lives in Serenby and has the yoga studio I go to, she has a place in Costa Rica and she does these amazing yoga retreats and kind of like, hum, bring it all, bring it all to you. And I was like, oh. I really want to go. And then I sent the little, I didn't really look at the price. I just dreamt that I wanted to go. And I sent it, I forwarded the email about it to my husband and the email I got back literally from downstairs to upstairs where I am now in two minutes. Are you crazy? This will cost blankety blank. No effing way <laughs> was what I heard. And I was like, yeah, there's a lot of money. But wouldn't it be cool if that's a vision, I want to be able to do a retreat in Costa Rica or go to India or all these places I listen to that people get all this spiritual stuff and be able to go and not have my husband say, are you effing out of your mind? Right. So I would like to know, first of all, how much was the retreat? I think before airfare, it was like 5,000 for, it was expensive, but I, I believe worth it. Absolutely worth every penny. Let's say it's 5,000. I'm just saying an example for you and your listeners. Put it down on the vision board and say, I want to do this. And I'm not going to tell Frank, all due respect to your husband, you don't tell him because that's not part of this exercise. This is you putting down what you want. Now, some stuff on your vision board may not happen. That's why we put down lots of things on the vision board, because some are not going to happen, but some are. And I will tell, and this is a, the most important thing for everybody to understand who's, to, who's listening to this about vision boards. What? By itself, a vision board is nothing but flaky, woo-woo, dreamy stuff. Castles in the sky. I think that's the the expression, right? Or you just say bullshit, one or the other. It's just it's just not yeah. that. Take your daily action steps to get to the visions. That doesn't mean you get frantic and you start become a workaholic and stepping on everybody else to get to the top. No, you have your visions, and then you say, "I'm willing to have a strategy 
to take daily action steps to get to these things. I'm not going to put them up there and then sit and hope that they checks just show up in the mailbox, right? Really important. I mean, remember the movie, The Secret? The Secret was all about visions and dreams, but they didn't say anything about taking action steps or getting, you know, in the right positive mindset to actualize these things. So yeah, it, that makes sense. Put it on your vision board and then and then put down a, a workshop of some kind in Costa Rica. You can always take it down and it's a stepping stone to an even better, more suitable dream for you. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, I didn't even know we were going to talk about this today. This is great. Everybody needs that, especially as we're going into the new year, right? That's coming right around the corner. This is great. This is not really serious stuff. Vision boards are really serious, important stuff. If you don't have it without a vision, people perish. You have nothing if you don't have it. You're just reacting and being a victim. Right. And we're just kind of like letting life take us rather than us taking life in. Successful person has a vision and a dream for it's, it becomes your why for why you get out of bed in the morning. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, interestingly enough, there have been enough people on this podcast that when we spoke said, yeah. And then I went into the building to see about renting this space for my practice. And it was exactly what I had on my vision board that has come up in various interviews with people who have seen it through and saw it happen or were in a situation and said, oh my gosh, this is my vision board. This is what I had on my vision board. Like they weren't looking for it. It just happened. And you know, the seed that you plant, right? If it's that whole manifesting thing and you got to see it to believe it, you got to live it to do it, you know, there's something to that. I really believe. Wendy, oh, you're so ripe for this. And you, I love the metaphor. You said a seed that you're planting, but when you plant that seed, what do we have to do to it to make it grow? We have to keep watering it and yeah, you know, doing the stuff. Weeding and watering. And here's another thing about that metaphor. Do you, can you imagine a farmer planting seeds and saying, well, shoot, that's not going to grow. Why, why bother? Oh, shoot, I've screw this. No, they plant seeds fully expecting that most of their crop is going to work. And they weed and water and fertilize and weed and water and fertilize. And they never stop weeding and watering ever, ever, ever. And they fully expect results. Same with you and your vision board. So Laura, I would imagine that people could do the vision board and then get stuck implementing strategies. And that's when people like you come along. So how could someone, what should they do? How do we find you? How do we, how do we work with somebody like you, Laura? Yeah, thank you for asking. So I have my four-step Navy SEAL mental toughness program. The first step is creating a vision board. And then the second, third, and fourth step is really the game plan and the strategy to get there and really having the right attitude so that we don't get discouraged and we don't burn ourselves out and we're leading a really joyful, satisfying life. So it's lauraiman.com, L-A-U-R-A-E-I-M-A-N.com is how you can get onto my website. I offer complimentary uh, free coaching calls so that I can get to know you and hear you know, what keeps you up at night? What visions do you want to have for yourself? And we'll map out a plan. I'll tell you what, I worked with Laura because I said I got to do everything I bring on and try it. And I worked with you for three months, a little over three months. And it was so helpful because that was right in the beginning stages of the project. Look where you are now. Yeah. And then you really did help me. And although I never did some of my homework, imagine if I had, but and you would bug me about it too. Yeah. And so working with a coach really does help. And there's plenty of coaches out there. And I've worked with you and you're amazing. I've worked with Janice McDermott. She's also been on the podcast, another amazing. And, and everybody has a different style. So it may be you finding the style that works for you. It's important. But I mean, just for the basics, just for the structure you're an excellent coach for that and accountability, which is what we need because we'll let ourselves down before we'll let anybody else down. Right. And you know what, Wendy, like, thank you for your kind words. Life is not a do-it-yourself program. I have two coaches right now. I have a line item in my budget every single year. I put 10 grand aside just for personal development, coaching, self-improvement, whatever it might be. It's a very important 
you know, for people on a, on a more limited budget, you can say, I'm going to put a thousand dollars aside every year for something for me, you know, part of the strategy, but life is really, really hard and life is really not fair. And it's not a do-it-yourself program. And that's why I think we all need coaches, not forever, but we all need coaches so that we can really live our very best life ever. 100% agree. Thank you so much. I have clarity again. Didn't know I was going to get today, but boy, am I glad I did. And I so appreciate you and your time and your willingness. You were one of my first interviews. You said yes right away. You believed in me right away. I will always be grateful for that. And yeah, and we keep crossing paths and it's always good. And thank you for, for always being such a good friend. You're welcome. You're easy to love, Wendy. And we all need people supporting us. Every successful person, no matter how much work they've done, vision boards, positive self-talk actions that we all need successful people supporting us. And I encourage your listeners, who are you going out and supporting? Because when you give it away, it comes back. So go be super supportive to somebody you believe in today. And then you deserve certainly to be supported as well as you're on your journey. So I love you, Wendy. Lala, good luck. Thank you. I'm excited to hear from your listeners. I'm here for any of your listeners. And I just, you know, I will never stop believing in you because you do the legwork and you you are out there every day making this podcast better and better and better. And you're going to be up there with the Joe Rogans. Just don't give up. Just don't quit. That's all you have to do. Just keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And until next time, breathe in your second wind. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile, made you think and made you feel. If these incredible stories empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook group, My Second Wind, or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation. Until next time, go ahead and breathe in your second wind.